Welcome to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Here we aim to help you fulfill your highest calling in Christ by strengthening your relationship with God, your community, and yourself. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's fun every time. Uh, So before we get started today, I would like to pray just because we're a church. So uh, (laughs) let's pray. (laughs) Father God, uh, we just bless this message. God, we bless every word out of my mouth that it is of you, that it is revelatory, that you are in the words. Uh, God, we don't pray out of obligation just because we're a church. We pray because we love talking to you. Uh, God, we're so grateful that we get to communicate with you, that you are a God who speaks. Uh, So God, we pray that through words shared today, that we would grow in our understanding of you and grow closer toward you. Uh, So we love you, God. We bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's do it, guys. All right, so I would like to begin. We're still in this Names of God series, and I'll get to the name that I have chosen for today. But the first thing I want to begin with is a little something about myself. If we haven't met yet, I'm Danny, senior leader here, and it's a pleasure to teach for you this morning. But fun thing about myself that maybe you don't know, I am very bad at directions. I am... I am maybe one of the worst people that I know when it comes to self-navigation. I don't know how to get anywhere. I'm being 100% honest when I say this, where I remembered like visiting, uh, I was at a hospital for some reason, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to drive myself home. And I'm, I kid you not when I saw signs for saying, now entering Wisconsin before I found my way home. And I was only traveling like 15 miles, somehow on a 15-mile drive home, me being like, I know the way home, made it to Wisconsin out of the state before I realized I might be heading the wrong direction. Maybe like after an hour of driving, you'd think, this was only supposed to take 15 minutes. Maybe the light would have clicked on. It did not. Uh, This has happened. I've gotten lost multiple times within a mile of my house. I've lived here in Wheaton for the last, I think, what, five years, something like that? And like this year, I'm on my way home from the gym, which is about three miles away, and I've gotten lost on the way home. And I was like, you know what? I can figure this out. I think I know a shortcut. Got more lost, and it took me about 20 minutes to make my five-minute drive home. It's, it is hilarious. And, you know, it's kind of funny where I feel like I must be getting older now because I'm starting to reference things that the kids have never even heard of. Like kids, you ever heard of MapQuest? Ever heard of that? <laughs> Ever heard of this thing where when you wanted to get somewhere and you didn't have the directions on your your iPhone or you didn't have a Garmin GPS navigator, you had to just type the directions into the internet and it would just print out the instructions for you and you had to follow those to get where you were going. I was going to a friend's birthday party and by the time I figured out the MapQuest instructions, I missed the party. I showed up for about the last 12 minutes of the party and then went home using the same MapQuest directions and got lost on the way home. I am very bad at directions. And maybe that's why I've always loved that fastball song of the, uh, but where were they going without ever knowing the way? Love that song. I identify with it because I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Where am I going? I don't know the way. So all this to say, before there was Google Maps, before Garmin, before MapQuest, before any of these things, there were the stars, right? That's how people used to get around. They would follow the stars like Maui and Moana. He would do it. So back in the day, 
When God wanted to lead people from A to B, he did not have MapQuest or Google or Garmin. He had light. He had the stars. So the Israelites, uh, when they were wandering in the wilderness, they got out of Egypt and they're like, hey God, where's this promised land? And they're lost. They have no idea where to find it. So what does God do? Let's jump to Exodus 13 verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud okay, that's cool, to lead them along the way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. So there was a nonstop pillar of cloud in the daytime and a nonstop pillar of fire in the nighttime. Look at this picture. So now imagine you're lost in the wilderness and you're like, guys, where do you think we should go? And you're looking around, it's darkness, it's darkness, it's nothing, it's empty sand. Oh, oh, that's interesting. There's this enormous pillar of fire that stretches from the ground to the heavens. Maybe we should go that way. I don't know. Which, but I don't know. Maybe God's calling us this way. I mean, it's almost insulting. Like God's like, okay, guys, you're so lost. Just follow the enormous fireball and you will get where you need to go. It's like, and I would still find a way to get lost in this wilderness. I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to, I think I have a shortcut. God's like, just follow the, all right. So anyways, <laughs> there was that in the past and what's so fire. And it, again, he gave this pillar of fire so that they may have light on their journey. So light is also then symbolic then of God's presence or God's glory or his grace. So Revelation 21, 23, and 24, when they're describing the new Jerusalem in Revelation, they say, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. So this pillar of fire, it's not just fire, that's God. God is in the fire, right? It is his glory and the light that shines from it. That is God. And by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed a part. God, the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb, who is the Lamb of God. That's another one of those names of God right there. That is Jesus. So Jesus is the lamp by which the nations will walk. So Jesus is this light that allows us to see where we're going. This pillar of fire in the wilderness is this light that is God, and that is glorifying God, that allows us to see where we are going. So the instructions were simple. God said in the wilderness, pillar of fire, if you want to get to the promised land, if you want to get from the kingdom of Pharaoh to the kingdom of God, if you want to get from slavery and abuse to freedom and abundance, just follow this light. Simple instructions. Even single-celled organisms can do this. I don't know if you ever heard of photokinesis. That's right. I used to study science. But if you have organisms that have any capability of movement and you put a light on one side and no light on the other side, after some time, all of the bacteria will find their way towards the light. Single-celled organisms can do it. You can do it too. So let's move, move forward a little bit here. Let's jump to Christmas. So Matthew 2. Verses 1, and we'll just start in, uh, yeah, verses 1 and 2 here. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Skip ahead a little bit to verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. This is awesome because not only in the, like in the wilderness, pillar of fire just appears. And that's God saying, hey, follow this 
to get to the promised land. And then all of a sudden, the day Jesus is born, a star appears. They don't just pop up out of nowhere. And what's amazing about this particular star is not only was it attached to the birth of Christ, but it says it went before them. So the star actually continued to lead them and guide them. This was not a shooting star. This was not a fixed star. This was a moving star. Look at that. Again, you might think, hey, we're supposed to find this king of the Jews. Where should we start looking? Um... Well, there's this giant, blinding, enormous light that is literally beckoning us with its movement. Maybe we should follow that thing. So we do that. And then on they go. So back to verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Maybe they knew. Giant celestial balls of fire usually is God. Uh, And on they went. uh, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshiped him, opening their treasures of gold, frankincense, and whatever myrrh is. So, which is, I think, also like an essential oil, I think. So anyways, big into oils, these Israelites. So (laughs) anyways, so this idea is once again, God wanted the wise men to find the newborn king. They wanted them to find Jesus. Once again, the instructions to the wise men were simple. If you want to get to the promised land, if you want to get from the kingdom of Herod to the kingdom of God, if you want to get from slavery and abuse to freedom and abundance, just follow this light. Clear as day. There it is. Just follow it. Just keep walking in that general direction and you will find the thing I want you to find. That's amazing. And what a relief that they found this child. And then we think about this, because then I was thinking about this afterwards saying, okay, well, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if there's any other real great examples of that. I'm like, what's the, there was a pillar of fire and then there was a star that was moving. So two big celestial weather events. And then kind of what happened next? And then I thought about this. Maybe the star did not rise lead these wise men to Jesus and then disappear, what if it was more of a handoff? What if it was the light is no longer in the sky, now the light is in the child? I wonder if that's the case. So let's jump to John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. The world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's interesting how the lights become a little bit more subtle as time goes on. So it starts off, gigantic column, pillar of flame from heaven to earth, day and night, that moves around and leads the way. It even says in other things that the Egyptians were terrified of the Israelites because they saw the pillar of fire. They're like, whatever God they're worshiping, he's got it going on because that's a real deal right there. So that was cool. And then we go from pillar of fire to just a little star. And you think if it were more obvious, maybe more people would have shown up at the birth of Jesus. So it was subtle enough where only a few people that knew what they were looking for even caught it. So then beyond that, it goes to now the light that leads us to salvation or that leads us to God is now in a person. And the only time he glows on the Mount of Transfiguration, but even then, light is coming from him. And remember that in Revelation in the New Jerusalem, the lamp of the New Jerusalem is God. Like Jesus is the light that lights the city. It doesn't need a sun or moon because it has Jesus. So, but on earth, it doesn't quite seem that way. So that's a little bit more subtle. I thought that was interesting. So now they found this child. And let's explain that a little bit further. When Jesus say, oh, and by the way, that is the name of God I want to focus on for today is Jesus is the light of the world. That is who he is. So now let's move a little further. John 14 verses four through six. And you know the way to where I'm going. 
Where were they going without ever knowing the way? Thomas, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And <laughs> fastball's been around a long time, guys. I love fastball. I'm going to pause here for a second. There are probably three songs that they've written that you all know and nothing beyond that. I know all of them. I love fastball. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. Do you know me? Then you know the way. Okay. So he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's, again, where we get to the name Jesus. Jesus meaning God saves. If you want to get to God, remember, that was the thing. Here's the light. If you want to get to God, here's the star. If you want to get to God, and then if you want to get to the Father, if you want to get to God, I am the light. I am the way. I will light your path, and if you find your way to me, if you know me, then you know the way. You know the way to what? To the Father, because Jesus saves. That's his whole ministry, getting people from earth to heaven, right? It's reconciling people back to the Father. His whole job was to shepherd people from lost in the wilderness to home in heaven. So that's what he does. And I love that the way the truth and the life seems to be presented as a package deal. Do you ever find that interesting? I found where it's like, they are inseparably intertwined in some way because you can't have one without the other. And I want to specify here too, when he says the way, that does mean the path, like the, the direction that we walk. This is the way from here to there is just walk that straight line. But the way in the Greek is hodos, which is, it's, a, it's not just a way or a path, it's a way of living. So it's a lifestyle. So it's a, a way that I go about my life that becomes the path that I walk through my life. So the way and the truth and the life, he's saying that in order to have life, we have to be in line with the truth. We have to be submitted to the truth. And we have to live in such a way that leads to this life. And if I live that way, I, then I will agree with the truth and I will eventually receive this life that is promised. But if I am going a different way, then I must not be submitted to the truth and I probably won't get that life that's promised. They're all kind of together. You can't have one without the other. You might say, I am fully in line with the truth. Do you have life? Does your lifestyle align with the word of God? Then I don't think you, you do know the truth because it's not demonstrated in the way that you are living your life and you're not really receiving much life. It seems like you're actually suffering or lost or aimless. So they're all kind of tied together. But once again, when G- so the, the star disappears on Christmas after Jesus is born, but it was more of a handoff. Rather than there being a giant ball of fire in the sky, now there is Jesus. And once again, the instructions are simple. If you want to get to the promised land, if you want to get from your corrupt kingdom to the kingdom of God, if you want to get from slavery and abuse to freedom and abundance, just follow the light. In this case now, the light of the world, that is Jesus, because the lamb is the lamp. So, how do we follow this light? I think that's a good question. So, well, let me, let me pause for a second. So when we say the way, the truth, and the life, the way, again, it's a way of being. It's a path, right? To me, I think of that as like a map. This is our map quest instructions. Is the way is our lifestyle. Is here's the, Here is the way, the steps in which you live your life that will lead to these other things. And that's great. And then we have the truth which to me is more of a compass. Because the truth, yes, it's not so much, you know, there's, there's written steps of MapQuest, turn right here, turn left there, and then you will find your way there. But sometimes maybe there's a roadblock 
and we cannot continue down this road, or the road's out, or there's an accident there, or I'd missed a turn, and now I'm somewhere else. My map does not have the answer that I need right now, so what do I do? That's when we would look for the truth. And we'd say, okay, the truth then is, what's the next best step? What do I know? What would God, you know, say about this? What do I know of Scripture that would pertain to my current situation? And that's more like the compass. It always points north. It's always going to lead you in the right direction. So when we don't have the written instructions, we can look at the truth and say, truth, where do we go? And it's always going to point us north, and then we can keep walking. And the life, of course, is our destination. That is where we're trying to get to, right? I'd hope everybody wants life more abundantly. Uh, The alternative is not recommended. So we have the way, which is written instructions. We have the truth, which is like a compass that we can trust when we don't have it, when it's not all black and white. Um, And we have the life, which is where we're trying to get to. So it's interesting. Once again, this light is helping us find our way to a destination. So now we get to Jesus is this light. So how do we follow it? Right? Like, how do we follow the life? Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He's the light of the world. And if we follow this light, we will find the light we're looking for. We will find God. So how do we do that? How do we practically do that? So number one, we got to go to John 1, starting in verse 1. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was the Word. Jump to verse 4. In him was life. Well, he is the way, the truth, and the life, so that makes sense. And the life was the light of men. Okay, the light that shows us the way. Great. Jump to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, like Jesus. And we have seen his glory, glory as as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So even in the beginning of John, the way, the truth, and the life are all in there in who Jesus was. Sent to earth, the word made flesh. So God is, again, this thing. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In Him was life and light to guide us and show us the way and full of grace and truth. So all this comes back to then that first verse. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So how do we find God? Well, if the way was the Word, then the Word must be the way, right? If God became flesh, if the Word became Jesus and the Word is the way to God, or if Jesus is the way, and the Word is Jesus, A A equals B, B equals C, A equals C. Bam, transitive property. Math nerds, where are we at? Let's go. So so then we could say the way is in the Word. So the Word of God, when when we talk about the Word of God, this is kind of broken up into two things. Maybe you're familiar with this, maybe you're not. But there are two pieces to the Word of God. There is the written Word of God, which is called the Logos, and there is the spoken Word of God, which is called the Rhema. So these are two, they're both the Word of God, but one is written down and the other one comes out of the mouth of God. So that's very interesting. So what I would say is that if, if the Word became flesh, if Jesus was the Word of God in the flesh, then he was demonstrating what a life in accordance with the word looks like. This was the way in terms it was the way of living, right? He was walking out in real time exactly what it meant to have the word of God in him because he was the word of God. So when we get the word of God in us, we would likely then see the same result, wouldn't we? If we also have the word within us, we have Jesus within us who's the word, so that's a good start. But then if we get more of the word into us, then we will have more of the way and the truth in the life. So that's a simple thing. So, I mean, in the, in the stupid, simple way to say it, read your Bibles. 
it's really smart. Like, there is some good stuff in there, all right? Like, it's just a taste if you never crack that thing open. But my goodness, when you go in there looking for answers, you find them. It is rich with instruction. It is rich with information, with blessing, with encouragement. There's so much in there. And the more word you get into you, the more you have the way, the truth, and the life. You know what to do about it. So the written word of God, this logos, to me, this is like our MapQuest directions. Again, this is our one-size-fits-all if you do this, then this will happen. You know, and we know that's not always the case. We have books like Job to tell us what happens when we do what we're supposed to do, but we don't get the right result. But in general, when you look at the Bible and you say, I'm going to apply this to my life, I'm going to treat the word as though it is the way, the way of living, the way I should operate, and that will lead me to the truth and the life. That's great. The light of the world. You have become the light by which I walk. That's great. So, Again, the Bible's more of our, the written word is our map quest instructions. If I just follow these steps, I'll get where I'm trying to go. And now, the, there is a second light, though. So, light of the world, where is it now? So, there is the written word of God, and there is a second one that I want to talk about. And this is in Acts 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And this is again after Jesus has died and said, I will send to you the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go because then I can send to you the Holy Spirit. Okay, so then what happens? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What does fire represent? That's the glory of God. And every time a fire comes from heaven, it's usually God sharing his glory with the world or God leading and guiding his people. There was a pillar of fire, there was a star, there was a sun, and then that fire from heaven that leads and guides us was distributed and rested on who? you. Where is the light now? Where is the pillar of fire? Where is the star? Where is Jesus? Where is the truth, the way, the life, the direction from God? Where is it? It is in you. We carry that now. And this blew my mind. This came during worship. You ready for this one? This one's fresh. This is hot off the press. Hot baked morning cookie revelation. It's going to be great. So these are the verses we added. So John 9, it's going to be great. John 9 verses 4 and 5. This is when he's saying, uh, so he's healing the sick. This is in the middle of a healing. He says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's pretty cool. Now, here's where it gets very interesting. Let's jump to Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. We're talking about household lights now. You, you mother, you father, you child, you are now the light of a house. Maybe you can't light the whole world, but you can light your house. And you are a light now, so light your house. In the same way, let your shine before others so that, may see, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says in John, while I'm in the world, I am the light. But then once he's gone and he sends these tongues of fire 
on you, the next thing he says is, you are the light of the world. Why? Because he said, well, I'm in the world, I am the light, but now he's not in the world. He is in heaven. Who is in the world? You are. But where is his spirit? Where is this fire, this, this Holy Spirit that is baptism by fire, the fire that's meant to light the way and lead us to God? Where is that? It is in you. We carry it now. So there are two lights here. There is the written word of God that is the word of God, that is the written, printed word of God, the Bible, the logos, and then there's the rhema. There's the spoken word of God. There's that still small voice inside of you that leads you and guides you into all truth. There's the Holy Spirit within you saying, hey, look this way. Hey, go that way. Hey, say this, do that. And that's not going to be written in a book. There's a story from a friend I heard growing up who said she was a gymnast and walked into a gas station and just was overwhelmed by this urge this, this sensation, this sense, she said, and she just felt clear as day in her head, the instructions, do a handstand. And she's like, ah, I'm on a road trip. This is a gas station. These floors don't look particularly clean. Also, why would I do a handstand in a gas station? But she just heard, clear as day, just do a handstand. She's like, you know what? If I don't do it, I'll never know why I heard that. So she said, fine, what's the worst that can happen? So you whoop, feet up in the air, does a handstand, and she's a gymnast, so she holds it. And she just like hangs out up there, and maybe she does one hand, does a little kickflip, who knows. But she's just up there, and then she, she's sitting there being like, that's probably enough, and hops on down and was like, well, that was stupid, and starts walking around, and that's it. She doesn't, like, that's, that's all that happened at the moment. So she walks around, she grabs her things, and she goes to the cashier and puts her things in front of the cashier. And the cashier, she noticed, is visibly weeping. And she's like, are you okay? Like, sorry about the handstand. I didn't know it upset you. Uh, but it was just saying, like, what, are you okay? What's wrong? And she said, she was like without words for a while, but then collected herself and said, I've been sitting here night after night after night for years. This is not my dream job. This is not where I want to be. Life has not looked like I want it to be. And I'm mostly by myself. This is late at night, road trip, kind of gas station. And she said, I just feel so far from God. I feel like there's, that he's not even there and that he doesn't hear me. and He doesn't want to help me because if he did, why would I still be here? So she said, moments before you walked in, I was just praying to God. God, if you are real, give me a sign. Just do something that's going to catch my eye. And in walks this woman. And then she said, why did you do a handstand just now? She's like, God told me to do a handstand. (laughs) If that is not a sign, I don't know. But all of a sudden, this cashier is looking at this woman going, I see the way. You are a light. That Holy Spirit, the tongue of fire that made it into this woman and that spoken word of God that said, do a handstand. Why? Trust me. Trust. This is the Holy Spirit talking. Just trust me. I got something working for you. All you got to do is do what I say. I'm leading you or I'm leading someone else. Because remember, you are the light of words so that others may see your good deeds. So she heard, do a handstand and obeyed. And what happened? This woman who was lost, who felt like she was completely surrounded in darkness, she saw a light. She saw a light in somebody else who heard the spoken word of God and was obedient to it. Suddenly, this woman was able to come back to God, the way, the truth, and the life. She found God again because somebody shared the light that was in them. So where do we find this light? It's in two places. One, it's in the written word of God, and two, it's in you. 
It's in the Holy Spirit that God has placed inside of you. It leads you and guides you. And now here's the problem. We all have a lot of voices in our heads. We like to think, oh, cool. So Jesus, you just live in there by yourself? He's actually got a lot of roommates, and I don't think he gets along with most of them. <laughs> because we have a lot of these voices that speak to us. Our emotions speak to us. Our fear speaks to us. Our pride speaks to us. Our envy speaks to us. Our boredom speaks to us. All these different things. And it's our job to figure out which one of y'all is Jesus. One of you, I hear a hundred different things, and they're all trying to get you to go their way. Your emotions say, oh, go this way. Your pride says, definitely go this way. Your fear says, run that way. And they're all pointing different directions, but somewhere in you, the voice of truth, the spirit of God, the light of the world is saying, go this way. And it's our job as Christians is to learn which of these voices is you, God. You placed your rhema, your spirit, your spoken word of God that you will lead me and guide me into all truth. You're in there somewhere. Which one of them is you? And one of the best ways we can get to know which of those voices is God is by looking at the written word of God. He actually requires, if you read, uh, you know, a thousand different letters that somebody has written and then you meet them in person, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I recognize, you're using a lot of the same words you use in the letters. You're using the same turns of phrases. Your tone is the same. There's certain, you really love to use this word pontificate. And now that I'm hearing in person, I hear you using that too. Like I'm beginning to understand how you speak because I know how you write. So the goal of the Bible is not that we only get to know the Bible. The goal is that we get to know the author and we get to know how he speaks because God did not stop speaking at the end of the Bible. He still speaks, but the Bible is how we understand which voice is his. Because when fear within us is saying, hey, run away from this challenge. I don't want anything to do it. I remember the word of God tells me 365 times, do not be afraid. That does not sound like the voice of God right there. I hear the one of saying, you need to punish this guy. He has been so cruel to you. He has exposed you. He has insulted you. I need you to crush this guy. And you go, hang on a second. Because the written word of God says to forgive others, that love covers a multitude of sins, not to judge, but forgive my brother seven times 77. So I actually think that's judgment talking or that's pride talking. No, 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 no. I want the voice of God talking. And the written word of God helps me identify the voice of God within me that spirit of truth that guides me. So when the map quest instructions, the written word of God, you might look at things and be like, I want to, should I like everybody's comments on Facebook? There's nothing in the Bible that's going to tell you what to do about that. But if you know it's in the Bible and you listen to the spirit of truth within you, you will find the right answer. That is a light that will guide you. You know, and what do I do about social media in general? What does God say about that? Or what does God say about which politician I should support? And what does God say about, you know, AI technology? If it's not in the Bible, we're going to have to trust the spirit of truth within us. But the way that we can identify the spirit of truth is by studying the written word of God. So they are both important. We cannot have one without the other. Because the Bible is like our map quest instructions and the Holy Spirit is our cloud by day, our fire by night, our Christmas star. It will show us the way because it is the way. So the written word is our map quest instructions. The rhema, the spoken word of God, is our compass. If we just follow that voice, if we just follow that light, we will find our way. So if you do not know the way, I have to say, I really recommend that you meet him because he's pretty great. This Jesus we're talking about, if you don't have that spirit of truth within you that's leading you and guiding you into all truth, come get it because it is a gift freely given and we would be happy to share that with you immediately after service and we hope you share it with others because remember, you are the light of the world. 
You don't come here to witness it. You leave with it and it stays with you and it's available to all who can see it, share it. And for the rest of us too, if you have accepted that, that, that spirit of truth, if you have that voice of truth within you and you want to learn more about it, uh, first step, probably come back here. We talk about it literally all the time. All today, we study the written word of God collectively, and we practice hearing his voice, understanding what it sounds like. And when I go to a trusted advisor and say, this is what I'm hearing from God, that person says, I have also read the written word of God, and it does sound like him. You're right. Follow that voice. Or someone else say, I'm hearing this from God. And someone says, you know what? I've read the written word of God, and it disagrees in nine different ways. I don't think that's God talking to you right now. But as we all learn to understand how to hear his voice then we know the way and the truth and the life. We offer it to others. You become the light of the world. He is the light of the world, but he distributed that privilege and that responsibility to you. Carry it. Live a life worthy of that calling. Know him. Carry him with you. Once again, the instructions are simple. If you want to get to the promised land, if you want to get from your corrupt kingdom to the kingdom of God, if you want to get from slavery and abuse to freedom and abundance, just follow this light, the light of the world, Amen. the lamb that is the lamp. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending your son, this light to guide us. And God, it's harder in some ways to say that we carry the light. It's easier just to see a pillar of fire and walk that direction. It's clear cut. It's simple. I don't have any responsibility other than to walk. But God, you called us higher. You made us co-heirs with you, co-laborers in the work of Jesus Christ. And you said the same spirit that allowed my son to do what he did, I'm going to put it in everybody who chooses him. That you may also co-labor, do the same job that Jesus did as a co-heir, as family with him that we can all now become the light of the world that he was while he was on the earth. Now that's us. God, speak to us. Teach us, God. We are ever hungry for your word. We will continue to come back to you again and again and again because where else where we go? You hold the words of life, God. You are the only place we will find them. So God, may we continue to choose you over and over again, press into you, run after you, because you are the way and the truth and the life. And we will find the life we are looking for. We will find you if we just follow this light. Teach us to be more like your son. Thank you for him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. We hope this message left you feeling encouraged, equipped, and empowered to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review and share us with your friends. That is a simple but significant way that you can help us spread the word about what we're doing here. And if you would like to support our mission financially, we would be honored if you would consider partnering with us through your giving. If you'd like to make a donation to Family Life, you can use Venmo or Zelle to the email address info at familylife.cc. You can also text any amount that you would like to give to the number 84321. If you would like more giving options or you would like to plan a visit or learn more about our church, please visit our website at familylife.cc. We would also love for you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at familylifecc. Thanks again for listening and God bless.